This is Pierre Bouvier, lead singer of the band Simple Plan. I could sing a song for you, Wine 30, with Andrew and Lindsay. Here we go. Andrew and Lindsay hosting Wine 30. Andrew and Lindsay. Through all the best and many more years to come tonight. I'm just a kid. Many more years to come. Peace. Hi, everybody. It is a special Friday episode of Wine 30, and we will be sharing an interview with the director, producer, and VFX supervisor for Titanic 666, which came out today, April 15th on Tubi, which is a free streaming service. So there is no reason not to go stream this movie for free. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even an advertisement. I just wanted to share. We saw a screener of the movie before it was completely finished. So now I really just want to go to like the last like 10, 15 minutes of the film and see how it compares. Yeah. Because it's like, it's just really fun to see where like the effects hadn't been put in yet. And then I think it'll be fun to see completed. So I think so too. I feel like Titanic 666 is a great film if you love like B horror, like with some, like that comedy. Yeah. It's got a slight cheese to it. It's very like campy. I feel like this is going to have a cult following similar to the other asylum film Sharknado. Uh, Sharknado because they made Sharknado. So it's kind of that same, same kind of deal. So today we are drinking a Americana Torontes. It's a 2021. I think it's funny. It's called Americana because you would assume it would be like, I don't know, from the U.S. because that's something America would name their wine. But it's actually from Argentina, hmm. South America, or South Americana. So, yeah, we're going to take a sip of this and let you know how it is. It's a twist cap, too. It is. It is from Wink Wine. And most of their wines aren't twist caps. So this is always a sweet treat to get a twist cap. Yeah. I'm pro twist cap. I am also pro twist cap. I feel like it removes that whole corked debacle yeah and i feel like when you have cork it also adds something different to the flavor Mm -hmm. so like i don't like that i'm not a fan yeah me neither okay so flavor profile i don't think i'm a fan of this wine i would say very very like citrus forward but like it's more grapefruity kind of like the wine the other day but mixed with like lime i'm getting like floral but yeah are you let me have another sip yeah it smells more floral yeah it kind of like hits my palate oh, it does weird. have it is kind of like grapefruit with lime but also like roses for some reason it reminds me of laundry like detergent it smells very clean like they could make a deodorant smell like this and you'd be like "Ooh, that's fresh yeah which is why probably why it's a turnoff for my taste buds where would i drink this though i would drink this wine andrew's like i wouldn't drink this wine it makes me think it's like if you're in somewhere like argentina like at a cool little restaurant like on a patio like having argentinian food like this would be a great with like sitting in your firmop 
Well, yeah. yeah. But they always have uh, like that spicy rice and like stuff like that in Argentina, like in sausage and stuff. And I feel like with spicy rice and sausage and things, this would be a really dope wine. Yeah, it would be. I definitely think it's like a spicy seafood. Cajun food you could probably like pull off with this too. Yeah, it's not for me, but I'm sure that there's great stuff that can go with it. Yes. So today we are going to play a fun game of Would You Rather, but with a twist because it's Titanic 666 week. And I will be asking Would You Rather questions that are horror based. Okay. Horror based. Yes. So like, would I rather be bitten by a vampire or a werewolf? That type of question? I mean, that is a great question. Would you like to answer that question? Uh, I would rather not be bitten. No. Uh, I would rather be... So, so, bitten by a werewolf, I would imagine, like... Did you ever see that movie, uh, Werewolf in London? I did a long, long time ago. I remember very small bits and pieces. Yeah. They're kind of like two sides of a coin because a lot of times they just drain you both sides. One will just like devour you and one will just drain you. Right. Well, isn't that how they turn people though? They can turn people with bites too. So would you rather be turned into a vampire or turned into a werewolf? Right. I think, well, the thing is, I think a a vampire, you have to drink their blood. So, and with a werewolf, I think they just bite you. But if you can get away, then you become a werewolf. Cool. Which one would you but you don't get that? away from werewolves, apparently. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably werewolf. Because it'd be cooler to be a werewolf. Because it'd be a cooler story. Yeah. Like, Honestly, if I was going to be eaten by either a vampire or a werewolf, I'd probably also choose a werewolf. I feel like you could probably fight a werewolf off, maybe, maybe, because they're like wild animals. So if you were. Um, tactful you could get bit and then probably fight it off maybe or get away somehow whereas a vampire i feel like you're probably not going to get away because they're just so significantly um like oh be able to overpower you unless they're like a weaker vampire and then at that point you probably don't want to be bit either so would you rather be attacked by crows or bats well i know bats don't actually really attack people they bite. There's vampire bats that drink blood. Man, they're both really bad because I, I don't I feel like crows would peck your eyes out. I would choose bats because I just love bats. But bats would give you like diseases. I love bats. Yeah. I and do I too. think you could be like, oh, you're attacking me. Let's be friends. And they'd be like, we're I not feel like be friends. They could probably scratch you and like. If you bats were to attack me. I think that you would just be like waving your hands around in the air, like run, trying to run Mm. away. However, bats travel in like thousand, they travel in like huge packs. So So do crows really. Yeah. Crows to me would just be really scary because they just be like sitting on their wires, like looking at you ready to swoop down and peck your eyeballs out. So would you rather spend an entire night in a coffin underground or spend a night in a haunted hotel? This is so obvious. Haunted hotel. Yeah, because can you imagine how claustrophobic you would be in a coffin underground and then you'd be like, are people going to come and get me at the end of the night? Or wouldn't you run out of air? Well, I don't really even believe in a haunted hotel. So there probably just would be like an axe murderer there 
or like Chainsaw Murder. I feel like the hotel, um, the Hotel Cecil, where they filmed American Horror Story Hotel. Um, that's also where like the Black Dahlia was murdered and stuff. There's been like a ton of murders and mystery was... and ghosty stuff there. Yeah, like that's as close to a haunted hotel as you can probably get. I still don't think I'd be scared to stay there. I was thinking House of Wax. Mm. So that would be like a really scary haunted house and you'd probably not make it out. Get your Achilles Well, I mean, heels. if it was real. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point behind a haunted house? Is that people don't make it out? Um, a haunted hotel. Oh, okay. But, I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, would you rather live in the house from the haunting of Hill House or American Horror Story Murder House? Uh, I don't think I saw the first one you mentioned. What was that? The Haunting of Hill House. I swore you had watched it or you started it maybe. I know at the time I was working at a place in LA and during the day people would like sneaky stream shows all day. And the person who sat next to me was like streaming this show and talking about it nonstop okay. for like weeks. We'll have to watch that one. But so I guess I'll just say. Um, I would still say the American Horror Story Murder House anyway. I don't know. Maybe I understood that incorrectly. Um, would you rather piss off Maleficent or the Wicked Witch of the West? Uh, I feel like the Wicked Witch of the West doesn't really do much when you she piss She has rebobs. She's got rebobs, but they're like slow and not very smart. That is true. And all you have to do is throw water on her. Yeah, and, like, she, like, threatens you a lot, so she's, like, a lot of talk. Whereas, like, Maleficent, what exactly would it be that I'd be doing? Pissed, making her mad? Yeah. She would curse you for I feel like eternity. she could probably just kill you pretty easy or have some vines. Uh, the problem with Maleficent is, is I only think um, about the old, old one, and I do not like that Maleficent. She's brilliant. the one from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. I mean, she just cursed Sleeping Beauty. That's... I mean, I like her. I just don't like wouldn't want to be on her bad side. If you had to fight Dracula, Frankenstein or the Wolfman, which one would you choose? Um, Probably Dracula. Actually, no, I wouldn't want to fight Dracula, but I kind of would because then I'd be like Van Helsing. I would say Frankenstein because Frankenstein was really dumb, right? No, Frankenstein was the genius. Oh, yeah, because Frankenstein's monster is the... Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you had to fight the You wouldn't really scientist. want to fight the scientist because that would be, like, pretty messed up. Hmm. But I guess, like, that would give you your best shots. Except for then you'd have a monster that would just, like, rip your head off. So I don't know. Because if he was fighting, he would use his monster to fight for him. But then you would be fighting him. Well, right? his monster thinks he's like a father. So, like, you know. So the answer is Dracula. Because Wolfman would obviously just, like, rip you to shreds. I don't even know what Wolfman's all about. I mean, he's half wolf, half man, right? So. So he's a lichen? I don't know. I don't know what a lichen is, but sure. Oh, no. A lichen is half vampire, half wolf. Okay. Let's do two more of these. Would you rather be chased by Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, or Ghostface? Uh, well, definitely not Freddy Krueger. I'm not trying to, like, never sleep again. 
Uh, Michael Myers would not be. I would not want to be chased. What's who's Ghostface? I'm not familiar with that one. Um, Ghostface is what they call the killer from Scream, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't mind being chased by them because I feel like they're they're always like dumb college or high school kids that I feel like. How hard would it really be to outsmart them? I f- also think that, and if they kill you, it's fast. They over exaggerate, like the knife. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I could probably get stabbed a couple times and still be able to defend myself and get to the hospital. Maybe it's kind of like being shot. As long as you're not like domed or shot in the heart, you can probably get to the hospital or like fight your way out. You know. Would you rather have a friendly but scary-looking monster under your bed for the rest of your life or have nightmares every day for the rest of your life? Um, I already have a friendly but scary-looking monster that lives under our bed at night. Her yeah. name is Somi. Yeah, so that's an easy answer. <laughs> like a friendly, scary monster is not that bad to me. It's basically like our dog who likes to sleep under the bed. Honestly, it depends on what you mean by monster. Because monster could mean killer. But they're friendly. So they're a friendly murderer? Or like E.T. is kind of like an alien monster. They're like the clown in the the sewer. Yeah. Like, hey. Here's a balloon. Come on down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than nightmares, though, right? Like, if they're friendly and you're not having nightmares, you're obviously able to sleep okay. And monsters typically will toy with you, right? Like, they don't just want to... They want to feed off of your, your fear. Your fear. Eh. Although nightmares are kind of cool. Every night, though. It depends if you could see the thing with nightmares is you can have like a lucid dream, right? So Where you, you can, can like control it control, a little bit, so you could like get used to. I like nightmares, so I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't like nightmares. I don't like nightmares. I like things that like start to get a little, like, scary or weird, and then, like, go a different direction. Yeah. Where you're like, ooh, this is getting a little scary. And sometimes you may even wake up and be like, ooh, snakes, that was scary. And then you fall back asleep, and then the snakes are, like, friendly snakes. They're like, hi, Lindsay. Let's go get some cotton candy. They're, like, part of a band, like, like, playing music. Okay, cool. Let's go get some cotton candy, snakes. Um, Like, things like that. Okay. You're like, your dreams must be a joy. Yes. So we're going to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor for this episode. And then when we come back, it will go right into the interview with Nick Lyon, who is the director of Titanic 666, Paul Bates, the producer, and Glenn Campbell, the VFX supervisor. I'm going to link all their IMDb pages in the show notes because all of these guys have a huge like repertoire of what they've done. And we hope you enjoy the interview. Bomba's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bomba's, you are also giving to someone in need. Bomba's designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes that you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxurious, cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, Pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy layers. There's a pair of Bomba socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keeps you moving. I am absolutely obsessed with the Bomba's adult Disney socks. They're like, they look like the colors of all the Disney princesses without just having like the princess right there on the sock. I think it's really sleek 
and chic and fun, and they are so cozy. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang it just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel with second skin support that makes you feel like you're not even wearing underwear. Like maybe they're not even there, but like in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Go to bombas.com slash wine30 and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash wine30 for 20% off. Bombas.com slash wine30. Um, Steven Hi, I'm Spielberg. Nick Lyon. I'm the director of Titanic 666, as we call it, T666. I'm Paul Bales. I'm a producer of Titanic 666 and also one of the partners at The Asylum, the studio that made this movie. I'm Glenn Campbell. I was a visual effects supervisor. I have not had a day off in the last month. <laughs> oh my God, you're so fired. You're so fired. Is that a cracker <laughs> Yes, he's also blinking in Morse code. So. Help me, help me. Oh no, the show is just... It's enormous. Uh, it, it's all asylum films are, are made on a relatively short basis, but this one we had more time, we had more people, but it was very ambitious. And these guys in the original work print cut in actual shots from the real Titanic movie, uh, and I'm looking at it going, did, "Did you just promise them shots that look like that?" <laughs> so we had to step up our game, and we did. We actually my, my plan worked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can honestly say when we were when we were going through the edit. There were still some shots left over from the real Titanic, and we couldn't tell. We were like, is that one of ours? Oh, that's one of yeah. Okay, we haven't done that one yet. So yeah. we're feeling pretty good. How many visual effects are in this? There movie? are 460 shots. Mm-hmm. The shooting time um, was maybe like a day more, or maybe two days more. But, but that's not saying much, mm-hmm. because the sh- shoots are usually like really short and fast. So, you know, I think in all, we only shot this in... Can I say? Yeah. I mean, say. All right, we shot it two days. <laughs> <laughs> Little shop of horrors. So, so it was double. That's why he has so much visual effects work to do. No, um, no it was a, it was eleven eleven days of actual physical, and then we did three days of, of stage green screen for visual effects. Pick up people in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, yeah. And that with, is with the ghosts and everything. That is more than double what we shoot. <laughs> yeah, I won't do most of those. No, usually it's like it's like ten or eleven. So I mean. It was a, it wasn't an easy one to shoot because there was a lot going on a lot a lot of story it was like a lot of um, crowd scenes and big ballroom scenes and you know with a small crew it's uh, it's tough you know because you have ballrooms to light at night and it's a nighttime shoot on the Queen Mary and I don't know if you, like walked I think I clocked maybe twenty five thousand steps per day. Shooting because it so was we just like you. Now, had the Queen Mary been decommissioned no, no. at that point? So you guys? No, yeah. there was other stuff shooting there, but we got on. Yeah, but in terms of a hotel, I don't yeah. think it was. Not oh, a hotel no, there was no hotel. Nobody was staying there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, shout out to the city of Long Beach for allowing us to do the production because it really is key. Because the Titan or the Queen Mary, I believe, was a sister ship of the Titanic, and um, you know, it, yeah. it's so similar. Uh, you know, just yeah. adds so much production value, and it's a ship that's it's just there. And I, I hope that somebody is able to save it. Cause, I hear that they might. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a amazing. It's story. really cool. There is history, and it was one of the funnest things. Like, because Lydia Hurst is in the movie, and we're sitting there in like 
the biggest suite on the Queen Mary, which is like the governor's suite or something like that. She's like, oh, this was my grandparents' suite. And I'm like, what? Really? And that was her grand- grandparents' suite. That's where they all used to ch- travel on it, which was kind of neat. You know, honestly, at first, when I heard it, I was kind of like, I thought it was like funny, like a whole ship full of like social media, you know, influencers that are getting sunk and killed. I thought that was like a cool thing. And then I read it and I was like, oh, this is actually a little bit more, you know, after reading it, the first impression was like, oh, a ship full of influencers getting tormented by ghosts. That's what I thought it was. Which is kind of funny. I mean, it's like, it's like a great, like, initial, like, oh, I'm interested. And then, and then it became about, like, making it as scary as possible, you know? But that's why, like, you know, like, Annalyn McCord's character, I really wanted her to play it up to be, because she's the main, and I think she did a great job. And we, I kind of, like, we kind of worked together and, and, like, I let her kind of go off sometimes off the rails a little bit and wanted her to do the, you know, the... Was it vocal fry? You know the the whole talk and everything, and so she really did a nice job of that. And there was some nice, nice stuff that she came up with too. And I think she's the audience's. She's the audience. For, you know, she brings the audience into the experience. Um, you know, yeah. because they served it for them. Yeah. And but then, everything turns out fine. For her. <laughs> well, at the end, she has a really strong scene. Which, this movie is full of characters that you love to hate. Like, yeah. everyone is a villain, for the most part. Do you each have, like, an individual favorite villain in the movie? Ooh. Wow. Do I have a favorite villain? Or, like... In this movie. I mean, I mean all, we're not you know what, I think, I, think, I think Jamie Bamber as Cochran, I think he kills it. He absolutely does a great job of, of being... And, I, and in the development... His acting is just really so He good was too. meant... As the villain, he was meant to be. The villain. But he's a good villain because he doesn't think of himself as a villain. He doesn't get up checklist, pull wings off flies, push old ladies, steal candy from babies. He honestly thinks, "Look, I, I, I'm selling this stuff. I don't see any problem with this." So that right. makes him a good villain because he's not like, "Aha! I, I looted the thing." It's like, right. I don't understand why this is happening. And he's and that kind makes of the it one that's the most villainous. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. really, of all, I mean, if you call it a villain, I mean, he's. He's just not supposed to be likable. But he also, and I thought this was really interesting, he's British, um, and he said, I, you know, I don't want to do a British accent because then it's the typical evil British, because all of the British are evil. Yeah. Can I say that? Can I ask your lawyer that? <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, and that was his choice, which I thought was very smart. I didn't know he was British. I mean, I'd only seen him in Galactica. No, I had no clue he was until... British in that, too. Uh, he was? No. no. <laughs> no. But yeah, I had no clue and said, oh, I'll be done. No, but he gave every scene like full on. And, and you know, honestly, like Joe, Joe Gatt, I really love. I, I, I like everybody in it. I can't like say one. one they're British actors, yeah. <laughs> Anna Lynn's American. Uh, Lydia oh, Hurst. No, actually, actually, I have to say, I like Lydia Hurst uh, almost. Yeah. That's a good one because she does such a cool job. She's like really good. She, I, I like what she does in the, in the whole the whole thing with the ritual. She commits. And she totally your, commits. Some of your readers and viewers might know her from a TV series we did, um, Z Nation, where she also plays just a really creepy. I mean, she's the sweetest, sweetest person. So nice, but she's just got a talent for playing creepy, creepy women I would date. <laughs> 
going to the visual effects side, um, are you doing all of the visual effects in-house? Do you have an outside company doing it? I mean, no, we're doing it in-house, but we, we hired... Normally, we have about five people on staff, and we usually get about 85 to 120 shots, and we can usually handle that. Mm-hmm. This show, like I said, ballooned up to 480. It's like, oh, let me just do the math here. Well, we're in trouble. So, <laughs> so I called in some stalwarts. We have people that we work with from time to time, and we have large shows. So we had a total staff of 12 on this one. Um, in fact, one of the guys worked on Jim Cameron's Titanic. He was the first person I called. I said, you still have the model, don't you? <laughs> and, but he did, but I didn't get it from him. I actually bought one from Turtle Square that was even better. But he was the first person I called just going, just FYI. <laughs> um, no, nobody got sick. But like I said, 25,000 steps a day because it was like long hallways, nighttime, getting out on the deck. Strange things did happen, kind of, like... All of a sudden, a whole camera tips over in the middle of a ballroom, or lights go out, or, you know, there's a haunted room down on the bottom that several people had some definite strange experiences. (laughs) And I mean, like, and I could swear there's some real ghosts in the movie that are walking in the background. I don't remember these two. So what was, like, the biggest scene transformation? Because there are so many visual effects. I know there was a green screen for a portion of it, but things that weren't done with a green screen, what do you think looked the most different in the final? The, the biggest thing, that we're really proud of it, is the send-off in New York. Because we didn't have a lot of plates of the harbor area, mm-hmm. so we made it synthetically. There's not one real frame in any of the shots when you see the Titanic and the crowds, mm-hmm. other than the green screen people in the foreground going, yay! There they go to die. Uh, everything else. <laughs> uh, that is a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else is completely synthetic. So wow. we're, very, we're very proud of that scene. When, when everybody's sinking at the end and there's all the people screaming, like we had a, an emergency email that came out from the sound mixer saying, guys, we don't have enough panic in Melee. And my wife's pregnant and we were having a, a baby shower. <laughs> The next day, so I had like 30 people screaming like they're singing on the Titanic, and I recorded it right there, and that's in the movie. So, it's, so it's so beautiful. <laughs> this magnificent makeup on set when he shot the, the actors, we thought they looked swell, and then the, the decision was made to augment it. We also didn't have enough because the time on shooting on the Queen Mary is like it's an expensive set. You know, and so we were like, okay, we didn't really. I mean, if it was a zombie film or something, like they would have shot everything. But then we're like, okay, they're ghosts. So how do we make the ghosts look real? It's gonna be time consuming. So we said, okay, we're gonna do this in the post. And then we had different iterations of the makeup. Didn't change that much, but it was like we had to. We did a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and, and then, and I had them at the beginning, like kind of doing like this. We had like that they could control things, but then we said, you know, let's make it so that they just do it with their faces. So and, and, but then way. the sound of the roaring and stuff, the screaming, and so the elongated phases with that, it just looked cool and creepy to make it creepier. We had several iterations, too long, too lo- not enough, you know, so how wide does the mouth go? So we're looking at that picture of the scream, they're like, yeah. that one. Yeah, so we had to have them like on set just saying, okay, now open your mouth and scream as loud as you can. So you had the people like doing that because we knew we were going to like stretch their faces out.